Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Heart Guy Media Podcast, and today is our Slayer episode. Slayer is coming to an end, and uh, it was no more appropriate time to sit down with myself and uh, Mr. Eric Tyler as uh, two huge Slayer fans, and we just caught the last tour, the last North American tour twice, so it's only fitting that we uh, sit down and we dive into one of our favorite bands of all time, and arguably the best thrash band of all time, Slayer. So, (laughs) here we are. So, formed in 81. They're going strong since 81. Yeah, really haven't slowed down, taken any real breaks. And really not too many uh, personnel changes. Obviously, they had a few at drumming, and then obviously with the passing of Hanneman. Uh, with that, but really kind of stay true to the core. Till what, like the uh, when did the Lombardo leave? Right. Lombardo, I guess, like left that. in right before Hanneman died. You know, I think it was like yeah, February so. or March. There was the issues where Lombardo left, uh, but I mean, they kept trucking. Whole obviously coming in after Jeff died, it was already there filling in before he died. Yeah, touring member, right? I yeah. For a couple of years. So. But has since been an official member, I think, since about 2014. Yeah, like I, like you said, probably the greatest thrash band ever, I, I would say. I don't think there's anybody. Uh, I mean, it's kept up with uh, the true meaning and the roots of thrash and really have never deviated aside from some all, some yeah. minor like changes, <laughs> well, yeah, Diabolus and Musica. But the way I look at, like, the thrash, or, like, when you think about, I think in my eyes there's, like, two of the biggest thrash bands in the world. And there's Metallica, and then there is Slayer. But I think, like, they took a different path, you know what I mean? So I think, obviously, we know how mainstream Metallica is. Right. Arguably one of the biggest bands in the world. At one point, the biggest metal band in the world, and then the biggest rock band in the world. Exactly. So... I feel like there was like there's a split there where obviously they come from the same background, but I feel like I don't know, like I just feel like Slayer just still has that like undeniable like darkness and edge that keeps that thrash spirit alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not saying that Metallica doesn't per se, but obviously they went in a different direction, and I feel like they just they've opened up to a much more mainstream audience. And like I said, I don't know if that affects their music per se because we know that their recent record is really good. But yeah. For me, and I know for you personally, when it comes to thrash, even metal, slayers would be on Mount Rushmore probably. Oh, 100%. I mean, distinct vocal style, distinct guitar playing, and and even though it it bounced between really two drummers, and and I guess three if you want to count John Detty, really just maintain the core no matter what kind of light alterations behind the kit. They're playing, and honestly, they maintained even with bringing Holt on after Jeff Hanneman died. Yeah, I think like we talked about before, I think Holt is no one could no one could have replaced perfect. Jeff Hanneman. No, other than uh, Gary Holt. Yeah, and I think it's like like we spoke about like um, almost like a movie where you picture someone playing a movie role. It's like now I could never see anybody else taking over for him than Gary Holt. He does a perfect job. He fits in that band well musically, and he just seems like a really great dude. So. 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, and obviously Bo Staff uh, having a tenure from uh, I want to say from after the season's touring cycle yeah, came on ninety two I think he 92. came on and, and drummed with them until uh, I think two thousand late two thousand three early two thousand four I think Lombardo came back and. Yeah, so- yeah, like early 2000. So uh, looks like Lombardo 81-86, and then 87-92, to and then uh, 2001 to 2013. So. Wait. What the, at least that's I think that's what I think that's wrong because War, Warfield. I don't think Dave Lombardo was playing on that DVD, and that was in 2003. And then it says both staff 92-96, 97-2001, 2013-present. So. That's very interesting because I think that may be wrong. I think yeah. Wikipedia, we might have some uh, some fact checking to we do. Could, yeah, John Deddy says ninety six to ninety seven, and then touring member in twenty thirteen. So, and then it has the Tony Scaglione, not eighty six eighty seven. It just says session touring member for John. Lombardo must have been out, but. Um, when was the first time, do you remember the first time that you actually heard Slayer? Do you remember what song, or like how old you were? Do you remember like the um, fir- your first introduction to Slayer? I do actually, it was actually a hundred, usually for other bands, it was, you know, usually hear through other people. But the, Slayer was 100% me, like I, when I was first getting into music, and early music, obviously I really was a Metallica fan, and then I just happened to read about other you know, metal metal bands from that era, and that that you know that that time period and that and that era and that and um, like geography, like the, the California, the NorCal stuff. Yeah, uh, the Bay Area thrash. Um, so I actually I downloaded a, a Slayer album myself, and I listened to it. And the first song I heard, because this is like back in the day, like dial-up. Had to be an Angel of Death. So was uh, actually it was Rain and Blood, the first song I ever heard. Oh, really? And then. Um, that was like the the gateway to it. At that time, I don't think I ever really heard anything that that awesome like that. You know, just my early Metallica is obviously major, but I just like I said, Slayer just has like an, an, an edge, an undeniable edge. That yeah. A lot of bands just don't have. So hearing that like obviously brought like that was just it was amazing, and I just grew from that. You know, listening to other getting into it more and more and then we used to we burn CDs we drive around listen to Hell Ways and like Angel of Death and stuff like that so that was my first real introduction to it just like kind of a gateway and, and just looking for myself so how about you? I I can't really remember the first time that I actually heard Slayer and they they almost seem like a band that had always kind of at least been on my radar as far as back as when I first started diving hugely deep into music but I remember them doing, I think it was MTV doing a special on Headbangers Ball and Ricky Rackman was talking about like like how Slayer like changed everything and how they brought like, you know, made metal dark again. They were the first band to make metal dark again since Black Sabbath. Right. Um, like really dark. And, uh, and I remember after hearing that going to The Last Unicorn... We're talking like early early two thousands, so I was in right uh, early teens, and picking up uh, Rain and Blood, 
Yeah. Found it used, way overpaid. I think I paid like fourteen ninety nine for a used <laughs> CD. Uh, but that was when CDs were still super right. high and pricey. I think it's great that that's the first um, album or songs that we got into. Yeah. I mean, it's the most landmark uh, thrash album of all time. I don't think there is, you know, it's the uh, it's the thriller of thrash. Yeah, I definitely think it's the most popular. Um, and obviously, we know just from seeing the, the recent shows that it's the most. Rain of Blood is the most popular song. Oh yeah, obviously a huge crowd pop. Yeah, for that, for Rain of Blood especially. But uh, yeah, like I said, they're just um, they were also like a, a another band that helped me like transition into like heavier music you know like oh yeah well they seem like a band that's that influences and carries over into all the other genres i feel like punk i i feel like you can be into strictly punk and it's still okay to like slayer and and like hardcore as well within reason obviously uh not talking about current day hardcore because yeah because current day hardcore is a fucking joke well, and yeah, I hope I offend many people. It's definitely become a clicky, but um, yeah, no, I think, like I said, like I think they're definitely like when I look back on bands that helped me transition into like the more maybe a little bit more obscure and like heavier music, like Slayer is definitely on that list for me. Like they definitely broadened my horizons through a lot of things. And, um, I love. I don't think I've ever heard anything I, I didn't love. Even like uh, Diabolus and Music, I like. I remember I had a friend named Chad, and he, he listened to a lot of similar music, and he had that CD, and uh, we would just listen to that CD all the time. I don't know. I thought it was great at the time. I di- I dive back into that record, and it's not as bad as I think people no, like, uh, I mean, try to make it out. There was different some different guitar tones on it that obviously weren't traditional Slayer traditional guitar Slayer, tones. But, I mean, let's admit, like every almost every band who's been around for that long and like the threat, any like of the metal, like had a weird. A lot of them had like a weird. Period of yeah, the 90s. yeah. Like, everyone almost had well, it. metal wasn't is you know they weren't filling arenas. The only band that was really filling arenas was Metallica, as yeah. far as metal goes, and Pantera. And that's what I mean, like um, you know, it's such a weird time for music in the nineties. Like I was with the birth of grunge, and I think people were just kind of well, just look at the good. look at the wardrobe. No one knew what the fuck was going on in the nineties. <laughs> well, yeah, like think about all the music. I mean, I look back on the nineties and like. I don't really, and I'm like a 90s kid, obviously I was born in 85, but like, I don't really revere it, like, musically. Like, there's some, obviously, great stuff that came out, but when I think of, like, it's not like a, a generation I think of, like, wow, like, that's... No, it's not the golden age of music no, by any by stretch. Any, I think people are just trying different things, but, like, some people obviously went way out of their way to try different things, and some people just tried slightly different things. In my opinion, Slayer tried slightly different things. And I know, like, a lot of their beef with, like, Diabolus um, is just, like, the recording of it. And right. How it sounds really nice. Yeah. So much, like, the songwriting and stuff like that. So that stuff, to me, like, obviously I'm not going to have my my finger on the pulse because I'm not in the studio with them. So right. So when I listen to it, I just, I, you know, it just sounds like kind of a little bit different. But I can see where they would be, like, dissecting in. Like, this is something completely different. We recorded it different. We didn't like the sound of the drums and stuff like that. Right. And I think lyrically, this uh, Slayer's always stuck out because I remember, you know, being 12, 13 years old when I first heard Rain and Blood, and I was just like opening up, you know, the booklet up and reading the lyrics. I'm like, holy fuck, they're singing about fucking Nazi Germany or the Angel of Death. Like, this is fucking, like, this is brutal shit. Yeah, no, I mean, it's. 
And I think it was an easy tie-in for people like you and I were already invested and grew up loving horror movies. So it was almost like, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, dog bones by the dog food, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what I mean. Like, when I think of bands, even bands that don't even sound like similar, like, I think of, like, you know, the Misfits and and, and Metallica and uh, Slayer and, like, Black Sabbath. Like, those are all these bands that, like I said, that help you, like, turn you on to, like, a deeper, darker side of music. Like, that's it for me. And, like I said, they do go hand-in-hand with some of the other stuff we were into. So it's a perfect gateway for me, so. So when was the first time... Because I, I know we both had different uh, experiences first seeing Slayer live. When was the first time you saw Slayer live? Me personally, we'll was, talk about it. It was anyway. a lot later in life because obviously, I mean, I'm, where we're from, like I never really, they never played. They never came. The, the closest they yeah. came to was like, uh, you know, we obviously were grew up outside of Syracuse, and like so, most of the shows we were going to were right in that area, and the closest I think they really came before this summer. Uh, to upstate New York was Glens Falls, which is a little further yeah, out there, east. So. Well, like for me, it was later in life I saw them, obviously. And uh, the thing about them, and I can say, like with even Metallica, or like it's just the. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a band that that sounds that like perfect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've seen so many bands. We've seen so many bands in our life. I've seen a lot of bands I love, but they're just so on point. And like, it's like it's. I don't even know how to how to describe it, but it's like you're listening to the record and seeing it live. It's, it's yeah. insane, and I think those guys are a true master of the craft. And like I said, when you see them, or if anybody should go see their final tour, this is gonna be it, apparently. But um, almost like it's like we're waiting to. I don't know, like being such a fan for so long and finally seeing them, it was definitely a dream come true. And I've seen them a few times since then now, and like I said, just. Amazing sets, precise, like definitely one of those shows you get your money, you get your money for it. You know? And I like that. I like that. I like bands. And, and you, you know, at one point, I, I, I did feel like I did like uh, you know the hardcore aspect of a live show where you, you talk a little bit. And some of those bands, obviously, we know talk a little bit too much, and it's not. Right. It's about the music. With Slayer, you're getting a little. You're getting a little bit of in between commentary, but not a lot. Most of yeah. it's just fun and playful, real quick. And you know they're jamming out fucking 25 fucking songs and getting through, making sure they everyone gets their little Baskin Robbins 31 flavors. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. The, the, the set list is great. They they hit kind of all you know all eras. And like I said, just. The precision that they play every song is insane. And, and that, I think that's where I kind of get disenchanted with newer music, too, is that there aren't bands that play Slayers on Slayers level for as long as they have year-wise and set-wise. Like, I love Power Trip, and they're, like, obviously, like a thrashy crossover-type band, right. but can... You know, in in ten years, can can Power Trip go out there and play thirty songs and like is a are these younger bands going to be able to go out there and fill into the the holes where there's going to be you know where Slayer's yeah, gone sure. and like all these heavier bands of this more yeah, extreme I mean, ty- style of metal going to go out there and be able to put on a two two hour show or an hour and a half show? Yeah, I, I don't think they can. I think they're comfortable. I think a lot of these newer bands are comfortable within half hour forty five minute sets. And yeah. I don't I think, think. Well, I think a lot of it's become of more of like, um, how do I want to put this? Like the, 
like the music obviously is important, but I'm saying like the everything of like the crowd reaction and like just being insane. You know what I mean? That's taking yeah. Over they have the most notorious fans of all time. Yeah, like uh, they're the Oakland Raiders of. Uh, Slayer's not out there like jumping around and you know they're not no. diving into the crowd no. or anything. That's what I mean. So I think that's kind of the difference with like some of these newer bands where a band like Power Trip would like thrash like hardcore crossover roots where they're like you know those shows are gonna be. They're going to be much more into it. You know what I mean? Just like a younger generation thing. Right. Like, you're still right about, like, Thrash in my eyes, which I know is a favorite of, of, of We Love It, but there's really not a lot of bands carrying that torch. And you got to think these older bands, I mean, they're not going to do it forever. No. Right? I mean, Slayer obviously is, Slayer is obviously winding down. down. you got to think, like, some of the, you know, the Testament, the Anthrax, the Death Angel, and, like, whatever, Exodus, even Metallica, you got to think they're going to call it at some point. I mean, I don't even know how I would feel. I kind of want them to, to be honest with you. Like, do I really want to see, like, a 70-year-old James Hetfield up there? Like, Yeah, right. I mean, I know there was. I'd be in the 50s now, so. Yeah. Do I really want to see that? I don't know. But, but then you see people, you see Anthrax, and those guys have more energy yeah. than a lot of the younger bands that we see live. Yeah, they're all down and running sprints up there. Back, they're, like, you know, very Iron Maiden Dickinson-esque, where they're, like, running marathons. I'm just yeah. pretty much, which yeah. is insane. And I know we've talked about this too, and I know we're kind of getting off on like a thrash metal tangent, but but I mean some of the best records and heavy music have been from the big four and just thrash metal in general. I know we talked about you know Testament's Brotherhood of the Snake, like uh, you know uh, Slayer's last record, Repentless, uh, you know Metallica's last record, Hardwired. Anthrax for All Kings is great. Um, Megadeth. Uh, Dystopia. Dystopia, another great record. Those are all top-notch records. Yeah, I think, and I think, like, some, like in my opinion, like, I know we're gonna get on like favorite records of Slayer, but I mean, Repentless is uh, one of the better records, I think. Oh, one hundred percent. I think uh, the the writing of the music, like musically and lyrically, I mean, it's I don't know, it's just top-notch. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, and especially having Jeff Hanneman not there for them to write that kind of record for Carrie to kind of take the reins and really deliver. What I picture a perfect one of a you know a perfect conglomeration of what a Slayer record should incorporate. Yeah, because Hedman wrote like he did write piano wire. Yeah, one song, right? That's it. Yeah, piano wire. I think the rest is all. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. redid the guitar tracks on that, and uh, well, I think uh, I think they kept some of Jeff's stuff. Kerry rewrote his parts and they put new drums on it because Lombardo was on that and then Bow Staff recorded the drums over it. Oh, and, right. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... And that's going to be hard for them, too. Think about it. You've been such a well-oiled machine, especially when it came to writing the guitars and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Kerry and Jeff uh, duo yeah, forever. Yeah, for so, to kind of change that up. But, like I said, they did a great job with it. And I know that probably anybody in the band would obviously do that. Probably nobody else is stepping besides Holt or... Yeah. And the Bo Staff thing, I love Bo Staff, obviously. Yeah. And Lombardo, you know, if he stayed, it would have been cool, too. Obviously. Lombardo is obviously the king of thrash metal drummers. I think yeah, he's, he's the best cool. drummer in all thrash metal. Yeah, Lombardo is obviously... All those guys are next level, obviously. But yeah, oh, yeah. Lombardo's got a special place, so... So, I guess, uh... What do you want to do first? Songs or records? Uh, up to you. We can do uh, songs if you want, or... We'll do songs first, and then we'll do records. Okay. So songs. Do you got your top five here? I do. I see. Uh, Perfect. Let's start at five. What's your number five? 
Top okay, Slayer so song. I chose for my number five War Ensemble. Very nice. Song. Classic. Obviously a, yeah, a staple I mean, in the live set. I think since they, I don't think they've not played something like that. You got to think like that, Angel of Death, and uh, Rain and Blood have been like, no matter what the set list comprises, yeah. I think those three are, have always been in it a since those my, songs have been a lot of introduced. They're obviously going to be like, you know, typical, but hey, that's Slayer, whatever. It I is mean, what it is. But yeah, War Ensemble, I love that song. Definitely in my top five. Number five for me, title track from Season in the Abyss. Seasons in the Abyss. Uh, just fucking super brooding. One of the, on the last two, because we caught Slayer twice, once in Reading, and then once in Syracuse on this last tour. Uh, and that was a highlight in the live set, I think, for yeah. me, was seeing Seasons. It's such a fucking, uh, it's just like going down, like spiral. I feel myself, whenever I listen to that song, either live or on record, I feel myself spiral, spiraling down into my own personal, I don't know, I just feel fucking great I mean, when I yeah, listen to it. You have your spot, but we'll get back to that. Yeah, no, I love that song. It's one of my favorites, Number f- And their first music video, too, was Season yeah. of the Abyss. They didn't have, think about how much success Slayer had up to that point, and they did it all without, and Metallica, too, obviously, did it all without, I mean, obviously they had one in 88 uh, when they put out Injustice for All was their first music video, but think about all these thrash bands that had all this success and this following, these yeah. cult followings without MTV or any kind of video fucking help, yeah. which is what all those, I mean, videos did everything for bands back then in the 80s. So number four, turn number four. I put, uh, my number four is actually Disciple. I love everything about that song, I think. I mean, it's weird to put it so, I mean, I, I just think musically, I love everything about that song, like, Obviously lyrically, but the the progression of that song, like how it is, and then that one break at the end where it almost sounds like like a Dead Kennedy song, yeah. like break into almost like a weird like I don't even know like the circle pick guitar type thing. That I just love that song. I think it's one of the better songs that they've written past like the big records. You know what I mean? So well, it's funny that you put that number four because my number four is also Disciple. Uh, I remember when that record came out. Um, because it was right, it was. I, I want to say it was slightly either after or before uh, Rain and Blood came out, or, or before I picked up Rain and Blood in 2000. It was probably like 2001, 2002, early 2002, right. maybe late 2001. But I remember s- September 11, 2001. 2001 yeah. Um, but yes, Disciple, uh, one of my favorite lines in all of music ever is Homicide, Suicide, Hate Heals, You Should Try It Sometime. <laughs> yeah. Fucking I mean, amazing. That song, lyrically, and, like, I honestly probably could have even buffed it up more, like, on my list, but I love everything about it. I think it's... If you could pick another song, like, that's not, like, their big, like, Angel of Death or Rain of Blood, like, I think that is a perfect, like, even though it's later in their career, kind of, that is, like, a perfect song to show someone slayer. You know? We gotta think 2001 is technically their half point of their career. Right, well, yeah. Ish. I, mean, I always think, like... You know, that's their uh, 18th year as a band, and now they're 17 years past that record. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Obviously, we're a little bit older, so it's, when I think of 2001, I think it's, like, later. You know, right, I know right. what I mean. Yeah, it's still, like, halfway point. Five. Yeah. Um, so, Disciple number four for me. So, uh, yeah, same here. Uh... And I love the. We'll talk a little bit more about the album cover, but I love the original art too. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But number like the, two, the the white the white the cover white with the gold crosses, and then the bloody Bible, Slayer Bible. 
Yeah. So, uh, number three, favorite Slayer song. Number three is surprising, you know, to some people, but I'm going to put Rain and Blood at number three. I mean, first Slayer song I heard, love the song, obviously one of the, in my opinion, so I, they like, definitely haven't not played that since yeah, Rain and Blood came like out. Like, I don't want to say like they're Enter Sandman, but it's like they're, yeah, they probably, like we talked about, they probably have not not played Rain and Blood since they made that, since they did that record. It's such a fucking like classic but song. The song is it, I mean, amazing, the opening is amazing. I mean, one of the things that I loved about that, too, was the record was called Rain, as in Roman Reigns, yeah. Rain in Blood, and then the song is called Raining Blood. Yeah. I love, like, is it weird? Like, you know what I mean? I like how bands do, like, that little weird yeah, the... differentiation play on words, and they play both sides of the fucking Rain in Blood and Rain in Blood. I love that. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's, like I said, that was, a, I mean, the first Star Trek I ever heard. Definitely probably myself was listening to it who knows how many times in my life, but best number three for me. So number three for me is off the Rain and Blood album, but it's not Rain and Blood. It is actually piece by piece. And I remember listening to Rain and Blood and it was always with Slayer a lot. It was like one line lyrics that fucking like sold me on like songs in the band in general when I first discovered them. And Modulistic Terror, A Vast Sadistic Feast. The only way to exit is going piece by piece. I fucking, like, who the fuck, like, that is poetry. Yeah, no, they're, yeah, sadistic poetry, 100%. Piece by piece is phenomenal. It's just a quick little fucking, like, what, minute and fucking 58 second jammer, like, fucking in and out, rip you apart. And that's the only thing you gotta love about Slayer, too, is, like, so many different, like, they don't have, like, they're not doing five minute songs every time they're not doing a minute song you know what I mean like, right they have a ride. yeah and like you said they do Baskin Robbins they draw a lot from obviously we know Hanneman was more of like he was really into punk and stuff like that but that's another thing I like is you could you could listen to all kinds of music and I mean you could you could feel their what they were into you know I loved uh, you knew I, they loved metal you knew they loved punk and they, and they did a, it's a perfect mixture of it that is the perfect conglomeration of what thrash metal is yeah, punk and metal exactly. You know, take uh, take the the punk bands of the '70s and, and '80s. You know, the speed of of punk mixed with the aggression of metal comes thrash. But uh, you know, that's what I love about Hanneman too. Hanneman was when they he first joined the band, he was a, like a skinhead punk. Yeah. They said he had fucking was wearing Doc Martens yeah, and fucking had a fucking buzz cut. And I know, yeah, I mean, he's, I don't know, he's a big like Dead Kennedys fan. Always rock the DK fucking yeah. D- stick around his guitar for years. So uh, number number two. Wait, did you say your number three? Yeah, Rain and Blood. Rain and Blood. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So number two. Number two, I went uh, South of Heaven. Love that song. Love everything about it. Uh, I can still remember hearing like the opening guitar to that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like I always said, you always listen to a song and it takes you back. So- South of Heaven. Definitely in the top five. It was tough for me, but uh, I know you hold a special place for that song too. Oh yeah. So my number two, another another track off Rain and Blood, uh, criminally insane. Nice. Uh, Just that that opening part with the fucking drums. Yeah. Like and then when it fucking you know kicks in the, I just want to fucking like. It's, yeah, no, yeah it's, it's just great. fucking... Uh, and that shows, like, you got, like, how many, or 
you have like two songs over the top five in on Rain Blood. You know? Yeah, exactly. It shows you how shows uh, how truly amazing that record is. Um, but yeah, Criminally Insane was just fucking, and I remember hearing the, you know, the Criminally Insane, like, reprise that was on the fucking end of that in the expanded version yeah. of the CD, and then when it fucking comes back in, I was like, oh my god, I want to fucking murder that really everyone. That like one of their, like I said, there's so many great songs, and that record is... And it's great. different from, like, the other ones, you know what I mean? It has a different vibe than some of it the is, other songs. Yeah. The build-up in that song is just amazing. Oh yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, so your number one Slayer song. My number one song I like you talked about on your list was actually Seasons in the Abyss. Oh yeah, I love that song. I love the vibe of that song lyrically. It, it like, and I love like when they do it live because the way they do the lights a certain way. Oh yeah, and, and it's like such an experience. Um, that was like obviously when you hear songs that blow, like blows you away. Like I remember listening to that song. And I just, I could not stop listening to that song. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah. it's just, it's addictive. And I think that's another one where it kind of shows you a different, it's still heavy as shit, obviously, but almost like a different side of them. You know? Right. I mean, like, I know it's like, that they could do a little more, like, evil, like, slow brooding. Yeah, and that's like, what I mean. That song, that, like, such an evil, like, just. And they incorporated awesome those on so many other records, too. Like, you know, like you look at it in the last record on Repentless, uh, When the Stillness Comes, when the Stillness had a. Comes. Yeah. Great song, yeah. And that's that's another thing. Like, it, like that song builds. Seasons of the Abyss, like, builds a. It's almost like a story, you know what I mean? It yeah, it, it definitely like, is. I mean, uh, just like Dead Skin Mask is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, like, I think it. I don't know, for me, like I said, it, like, it's, it's just like it's my favorite song of the year, and I love the way. They put you in like this, in this mood, and they and they and they show you like a setting of the song, and it shows you a little bit different. Like it's, it's not, classic storytelling. Knock me out right there. Right. Know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, seasons of the best, my favorite song by far. So my number one, South of Heaven, by far my favorite song. It's just. Uh, and, uh, you know, if no one's had the pleasure of seeing Slayer live, or if you have, you know what I'm talking about. Um, well, the first time I saw Slayer. Uh, I'm not even sure that they played it um, because it was in 2004 at the Glens Falls Civic Center when they played uh, Jamie Josta's Aggressive Music Fest. And it was, God forbid, in ACDC and Full Blown Chaos played in like the smaller room. And it was Slayer and Slipknot. Slipknot was headlining. I left after Slayer because I was there pretty much for Slayer and Hatebreed. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, but I a few years later, uh, I'd caught them again. Uh, same at the Glens Falls Civic Center when they played with Megadeth. It was Hanneman's last full U.S. tour with them, actually. That's awesome. Um, seeing that, and you remember that that summer when I went to that. I do, 100%, yeah. Because Megadeth and Testament were on that. Um, but I'll never forget because there was uh, there was protesters there. I vaguely remember you talking about this, yeah. There's protesters, and, and they weren't really, they were active outside, but when they came in, they weren't that active or whatever, and they were just kind of, like, standing, like, up in the thing, and, uh... They were in the show. Yeah, they bought tickets to go on the show because they told they can't fucking... I, now, someone told me this later, but I, I didn't know it when I was actually at the show, because when I was down there, and I told you about this, a crazy drunk when they opened, because that was that day they played. Uh, it was the 20th anniversary of Seasons in the Abyss. So they played Seasons in the Abyss from front to back. So they opened with. Uh, they obviously opened with uh, War Ensemble, um, 
and it's uh, it's fucking crazy. And the guy, I told you about the crazy guy that was trying to fucking tear mine and another guy's shirts off, yeah, and then sure. Metal John had to come take care of business. <laughs> but uh, but I just remember like the crosses on stage, the lighted crosses, and then they slowly turned once the you know when it starts, they're upright, and then they slowly invert as the song kicks in. Yeah, and it's just fucking amazing. Um, so. But yeah, that South of Heaven has been uh, one of my favorite tracks. It, it is my favorite Slayer song. Uh, I mean, it's such a ripper, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love that song. But yeah, it's just so uh, it's so fucking great. Uh, did you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I mean, I, just thinking like um, Dead Skin Mask, obviously. Yeah. One of them, I love that song. Um, At Dawn They Sleep. I love that song. And like I said, I was tell- we were just listening to that. That's a song I wish they like would play now. I would love to hear yeah. it now. So honorable mentions for me. Is, yeah, well, obviously, Angel Dead. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm going honorable mention. I'm going Dead Skin Mask as well, just because huge. Uh, you know, obviously big horror fans. That song's about Ed Gein. Yeah. Uh, and then Live Undead. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't know. Like the early Slayer stuff. Like I feel like it's missed by some of the people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people just kind of. A lot of people see Rain and Blood as the like, like when yeah. they really became Slayer, but they were Slayer before that. And a lot of those songs, like Hell Awaits and and the, those, you know, Black Magic, they still play in the set. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's funny because I feel like um, they have a very similar beginning to, like, Pantera. Yeah. Like those, like, early, like... I mean, they didn't wear spandex yeah, uh, as much. Yeah, like, spandex and, like... They did wear makeup. Slayer did wear makeup for a little like that's bit. Another, like, it's, I just equate their two like, discographies kind of similar. Because, yeah, people th- see Pantera like, starting at Cowboys from Hell. Yeah, like nobody, like even like, and I think even maybe more than Slayer, like I think Pantera's people like completely forget their like early stuff. Oh yeah, so, definitely. Um, and I'm sure maybe they do too. I don't know when you see Vinny Paul in the spandex. I'm sure he doesn't like looking at it. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Vinny Paul. But yeah, uh, so we'll move on to uh, top uh, Slayer records. Number um, five. You want to do it the same way? Yeah, do it the same way. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first. So first for me is uh, number five. Like uh, we were talking about earlier, it's actually Repent One. So like I said, I think um, to stay relevant and such good song songwriting and that like we talked about um when the stillness comes and you against you and um piano wire like that whole record is amazing and like i know you for a fact too when you first got that i couldn't stop listening to it oh yeah because like, it's it's like we talked about all these new uh all the older bands putting out new stuff and i just i really think when i looked when we were going to do this podcast i kind of looked at the discography and i was when i was thinking to myself like what would be my top five obviously you know the the classic but I really think Repentance is is all top to bottom a phenomenal record, and I and I in my eyes it's it's in their top five. I think it's some of their best songwriting definitely in a long time. So, I mean, for that record to come out, you know, you got to think so late in their career, and for it to for people like you and I are, who are huge Slayer fans to say that that record's in our top five Slayer records, I mean, that says something, I think. Uh, that's what I mean, 100%. It's like, um, 
you think about all the stuff they've gone through, all the songs they've wrote, and I know it's easier for some. And especially for that record to come out after they had lost Dave and they brought Paul Bostaff back, obviously. Right. But even more so is losing Hanneman, who had been the one of the key and, songwriters and, yeah, forever. And that factors in to me, to me too that they That's a huge. I think that's a huge tip of the cap to Kerry King to be able to pull that off guitar-wise, writing all of it, and then having Holt come in and throw leads on it. I mean, that that really says something about how much Slayer, Kerry King is Slayer, and Slayer is Kerry King. I mean, uh, not taking anything away from uh, any other member, especially Tom, because without Tom's voice, Slayer is not Slayer either, because no one, right. people can try to duplicate, but you'll never replicate what Tom and Riot does. No, not at all. 100%. So, my number five is uh, God Hates Us All. I think that was kind of a, a little bit of a return to form for them. Um, not that they deviated far. Um but yeah, some of my favorite tracks on that, like, you know, you're talking Disciple, you're talking uh, Bloodline, like yeah. Payback, like those fucking songs are great. And I, I love that they played pay, Payback and Disciple on the last tour. Uh, yeah. Fucking great songs. And, and that record's just, I remember, you know, just seeing the Bible with the Slayer carved into it with blood. And I was just like, that's so yeah. fucking rad. Made right yeah, you ain't fucking kidding. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny you say that, yeah, because that's actually my number four, is God Hates Us All. I agree with you fully. I think it's the return to the, you know, the obviously dialogues and music before that. And then, uh, being so, people were so critical of that record, and then coming back with that, hard as shit. Um, great songs on that, that again, people don't talk, because they're always so goddamn huge. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, New Faith, like, songs like that, like, they're so awesome, and like, Kind of lost, but yeah, I think it's. Hey, it's I think so, it shows that they're playing stuff off of that. Exactly. Know? In hindsight, now too, for that record to come out in uh, two th- on September 11, 2001, obviously the b- huge, the biggest terrorist attack in America, yeah. um, and driven by religion too, for yeah. Slayer to just happenstantially put that record out on that day and have a Bible with the word Slayer with their name <laughs> in it with blood on it is just so, uh, you know, obviously the title. Uh, have you seen the shirts though that they pressed after that though? That they had the payback shirts and it said Slayer with a, a tattered American flag on the back, and it said uh, Payback's a bitch, motherfucker yeah, on the back. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, hundred percent. Amazing. I mean, that's like, um, yeah, like just, like, and that's what I mean. Another thing, like, kind of a, coming out of just like a weird period in music, you know, like that late nineties or yeah. thousands, where like, especially in, like the the metal genre. I mean, yeah, like, absolutely. Such a return to form and. Uh, and definitely one of the better records. And uh, my number four, as we just witnessed, we flip-flopped. Uh, my number four is Repentless. Uh, I remember, you know, hearing when they dropped When the Stillness Comes, and I was like, fuck, this is like, this is sick. I can't wait for this record. And honestly, before that, I was like, you know what? I don't ever need to see Slayer again. Like, Hanneman's not there. Like, it is what it is. Like, I, I don't think I'll ever have a urge to like really check out this new slayer like i was so disenchanted when he left and then dave lombardo who had been my favorite like member i just love dave lombardo's drumming and i love him as a member of the band so when he left and jeff died i was like yep yeah, I'm, I'm probably pretty much checked out on slayer unfortunately yeah, it's tough to keep like yeah like you, you don't know what you're gonna get 
And let me tell you something. I, I fucking I cut open that fucking that that bird and ate that fuck ate my ate my words because when I bought Repentless, I bought it the day it came out after I heard that, and I was like, fuck, this could be cool. I fucking go and I buy it at Best Buy on my lunch break. I actually uh, I actually had to yell at the Best Buy employees because they're they're fucking retards and they didn't put it out yet. And it was like noon on a fucking Friday. It was it was when they first started. It was, I think it was one of the first years that they first started started putting records out on Fridays as opposed to Tuesdays. Tuesdays yeah. And uh, they didn't have it out yet. And they're like, "Well, it'll probably be out later." No, I'm fucking here on my lunch break. I came here to buy this and patronize your fucking store, you retards. I don't even carry fucking CDs anymore, so fuck Best Buy. Even though we just went there and bought some movies. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was so fucking pissed. And the kid looked super annoyed, but he went back there. And it came with like a DVD, and I was like, "Do you have the Blu-ray?" And I was like, "You know what, guy? Don't even worry about it. The DVD's fine. Fuck off." So I fucking bought it. I put it in my CD player in my car, and it did not leave the CD player in my car from September, I think, until probably like the holiday season, like Christmas yeah, time and stuff. Like is when I maybe switch start switch switch CDs. It was so it's so fucking good. It's crazy. And, and Repentless, the song and the video, which all the videos are all sick too. Obviously, yeah. the one directed by Felissa Rose, yeah, right? Did a lot of really cool stuff with, this, with the record. Was there, or was it produced by? I think it was produced, produced by by Felissa Rose of Sleepaway Camp. Three videos, and then they actually did. I actually had the comics. The comics, the comics. which uh, what's his name from Metalocalypse who just passed did those right? Yeah, to go with like Dark Horse Comics put them out, and they did like three comics. It's what was that dude's name? John Schneep. But Snap. They do, and that's another cool thing about that record. They do a lot of cool stuff with it, like the videos, and then like yeah. they did the free comic books for the videos. Really cool and they released that that special edition that all the that they just put out on vinyl, and it comes with uh, you know the singles of each song on the album, and they're yeah. all instead of seven inch records, they are six point six six. Yeah, yeah, amazing artwork. I love the fucking artwork, and just like. All the fucking songs on that, like cast the, cast the first stone, yeah. fucking all those songs on that record are, uh, you know, vices is fucking amazing. Uh, you against you, we had t- we talked about obviously Jeff's last contribution, and I and I think it's almost uh, it almost feels really right that that uh, that they they won't record more music because the last record even though Jeff wasn't around for the writing and recording, really, still features of Jeff's song. So Jeff Hanneman was a part of every single Slayer release. That feels good as a fan, knowing that. But yeah, Repentless, number four. Just fucking so fucking good. So fucking good. Like I said, it's funny, like, I know not to keep touching back on And if you think, And if you think that Repentless isn't good and you think you're some kind of hard-ass, die-hard Slayer fan, you're a fucking pussy and I'll fucking fight you right now. Repentless is awesome. Um... But just again, it shows like all these older bands that still are fun now, like like we just talked. You know, yeah, about, yeah. It's just it's impressive. So number three, records, Slayer records. Uh, three for me, South of Heaven. I put um, this is a lot of great, again, great songs. The Judas Priest cover on there. Um, South of Heaven being one of my favorite songs. Behind the Cricket Cross. I just love everything about that record too. I think those are like that three. You know, the three oh, yeah. there are, like, definitely their, um, their, their, their golden years. Oh, 100%. So. And uh, number three for me is also South of Heaven. Just fucking 
I mean, it holds my favorite, uh, my favorite Slayer song. Some of my, I mean, all their artwork is fucking amazing, but I love the, love the artwork. And you, you know, it's just fucking, it's just crazy. Like, there's so many fucking songs on those three records on Rain and Blood, South of Heaven, and Season of the Abyss. Like, I don't really, there's not a track I skip when I throw those albums on. Those three, right. I don't really exactly. skip anything. You know, you know, South of Heaven, Silent Scream, Live Undead, like fucking Mandatory Suicide, fucking Ghosts of War. Like, it's just fucking, it's so fucking loaded, and it's so great. Uh, number two. This was tough for me. Um... But I'm actually, even though I, it's gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna be kind of irony because I'm gonna say it's like one of the best metal records ever. But I put two at Rain and Blood. I just kind of had to, uh, and I'll explain why after. But obviously, Rain and Blood, we all know the track listing, how sick, almost the whole, the whole everything is on that record. Uh, it's what like twenty piece by piece, and then you, you know, obviously Rain and Blood, and that's just their most well-known record, and. You know, one of the one of the Mount Rushmore records for me personally. Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah. So number two for me, Rain and Blood. Number two for me, Rain and Blood. It's fucking. It's just. It's powerhouse. It, it is the thrash. I think it's like twenty eight minutes long or something like that. In and out, like fucking. I don't think that there's many bands that can release a more pivotal record that could have released a more pivotal record than that i think that record is more pivotal to uh slayer than any of the other releases to any of the other bands i think you know it is i don't it is i don't even know what to what to compare it to you know what i mean like uh, it's just so the greatest thrash yeah, metal record of all time. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I funny because we have it at number two, but even so, like, I mean, that that says something about Slayer that their number two. What's your favorite record by Slayer? Well, it's not Rain and Blood, but you could still say with confidence that Rain and Blood's the greatest thrash metal record of all time. That says something about the band. Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Yeah, and like it is kind of ironic, but yeah, no, you're you're right. It's weird to say that it's. One of the greatest metal records ever, but it's only number two. Yeah. I'll explain why, obviously, that was for me. But number one for me, obviously, Seasons in the Abyss. I kind of had to. I feel like my favorite songs on that record, you know, War Ensemble to open that record was yeah. fucking amazing. And then you got, you know, Dead Skin Mask on that record. Blood Red. And the, when it came out, 1990, you know, it was like right on that brink of, again, the transitional period, but... No, I mean, after that, but I just think that's just the record for me. I think that, I don't know, like, again, when I first heard it, it kind of resonated with me the most. I just, like, love those songs, and I love the stories they tell. I mean, every, I know a lot of bands do, like, the storytelling and stuff, but I feel like that record in particular, I just get a certain mood, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, number one for me. Die balls, you know. <laughs> no, uh, is is uh, season in the abyss like just fucking and being able to see that record front to back live with Hanneman on his last tour. I think that record holds an even more special place in my heart, and it's just fucking, it's fucking, it's it's unapologetically Slayer. Yeah, like it's I mean, just, it's like, so fucking good. You know, Spirit of Blacks was on my honorable mention. I was gonna say too, like just stuff like that, like. All their albums have like these songs that 
Even they probably like them. They forget about it. Oh, yeah, they're definitely. Like, they're such good. They have a hell of a catalog, catalog out. It's like these songs are just as sick as, you know what I mean? It's oh, like yeah. They didn't get the recognition that other songs but, um Yeah, I love that record. Awesome. I'm a fucking expendable youth, like fucking. Yeah. These songs are just fucking insane. And I think, uh, we'll talk. I mean, obviously, speaking about Slayer, I think you know there's. I think there's another person we gotta bring up, and that's Rick Rubin. Oh. Who, very, I think, essential to. I mean, first off, I'm, gonna say, I'm just gonna say, personally, I, I love Rick Rubin anyway because he worked with a lot. I mean, when you're working with Danzig Slayer and Johnny Cash. Yeah. What the I fuck? I mean, right there, it's like you're. You, I mean, you've you're, cemented yourself yeah. as the darkest. Best then, producer of all yeah, time. Yeah, before that, like all the stuff with like the Beastie Boys, and I know he's. But I mean, just like me on a personal level for me, like Danzig, and Slayer, and Johnny Cash. I mean, that's you know that's me right there. So I, I like, he was around for what like was rent like all those records, right? And then, yeah. Like, he was. Um, I know he had a little bit to do with the with what you call God hits as all, right? But he wasn't like was it that the record that he was like not like a part of, but a part of it. Yeah, time? I think so. So, obviously, I think he, you know, I'm not saying he was the only reason they're amazing, but I think it's great that they, that kind Yeah, there was definitely something that he provided to them to capture yeah, what like they were he, putting out. That American Recordings, obviously, has done some amazing stuff, and I think it's great that, yeah, he obviously had his hand in that, and he, and he was a, he's a visionary, and I think, um, you know, it helps Slayer out. I know they don't, obviously don't anymore right no no right they did Terry Date for Repentless yeah, so. which had, he had did well, uh, I just Pantera, say, classic records when you have your hand in some of those records some of the greatest records of all time it says something about you yeah, so. um, here's one for you favorite artwork album artwork oh that's a good one uh, I don't know I mean they're so all really cool Live on Dead record is cool. It's fucking but, great, right? Obviously, like the zombie skeletons. But I guess if we're just gonna do like a regular record, I don't know. Probably the Rain and Blood record. A lot of cool shit happening on that record. Yeah. To be honest with you. I mean, Seasons of the Abyss is kind of cool, but that's more so just like the, it's like the skull, right? Like the painting of the skull, kind of. Right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably say Rain and Blood. If you really look at that. Artwork's probably the coolest. I'd probably say South of Heaven, or obviously the God Hates Us All with the Bible. The yeah. original the album cover is really fucking cool. crazy. Like the gold, the white, the gold is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is sick. So. And you know, it's funny, I actually, uh, we talked about this before, but I always loved like, some of the like inside pictures or the back of the, the album cover pictures. Like, obviously, yeah. Rain and Blood has them. Like, I think, like, they're all, like, like have screaming faces, and there's, like, fucking, there's a beer can, like... <laughs> yeah. Maybe one of the cooler, uh, we always talk about it too, is uh, the Decade of Aggression. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just like at their ultimate look. Oh, yeah. Right? It's like the inside booklet or like the back of the it's CD. The, the, just the, their look in that is like top notch. Oh, amazing. Carrie's still got the long hair. Long he, they got hair. like a fucking. He's wearing like a hat. Like a red he's got like the fucking hat. Oakley blades on. Yeah, the glasses. They always love the, the sunglasses. The fucking Def Jam recording <laughs> fucking sweat shorts. Sweat, yeah, I mean, that's. That's their, their look right there. That was the look, but... Um, that's probably... The, yeah, I would say, like, Random Blood is probably my favorite, like, this cover. I just think there's a lot of cool shit happening in that, but... You're right, though. You know, and, and to be completely honest with you, it's kind of funny, but, um... Uh... Even though the record is not the greatest, but the, 
The, I think the Diabolus Diab- 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 and Music Hit record actually looks kind of cool. Yeah, that's like, like, different, but it is sick. Uncle Fester Priest. <laughs> black eyes, like. Uncle Fester after the Atkins diet, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, do you have a favorite member? You know what? I, will, I go back and forth. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's Hanneman or, or King, definitely. Uh, I mean, I'm a big... I always told myself, like, if I played an instrument, I always wanted to play the drums, so I obviously have an affinity for, like, some of the drummers, but I, don't, I mean, with them, probably Hanneman, I always used to love, like, what, like, I know it sounds cheesy, but just even, like, what they wore, like, the shit that they had, like, oh, oh yeah, wearing, like, fucking, like, like catcher, black, like, uh, like, Hanneman a, always rocked the catcher fucking uh, knee and shin pads. Yeah, then, like, uh, so, like, I, obviously I'm a big football fan, too, and, and I know they love the Raiders, and, like... Always rocked the Raider jerseys. I think one I saw... I can't remember what it was, but Fisher Hanneman when he was rocking like black and gray camel pants with like a. What jersey did Raiders. he wear? Was he rocking like a Ronnie Lott jersey? I don't know what jersey it was, but I don't even know. But they, he was rocking the Raiders. Just just the shit they wore to like it's hilarious. Like I think it's hilarious now that they pretty much just wear like Carrie just wears like Slayer shirts. I can't I can't remember who it was, but someone. I think it might have been like on Jericho's podcast or Jericho, or no, you know what it was? It was on Austin's podcast, Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, and uh, Stone Cold's like, "Damn man, I thought those were fake chains. I thought those oh, were gimmick yeah. chains. Those are real chains." Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I do, I, yeah, I remember to say, listen to that one. Or, 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 it might have been Jericho. Yeah, Jericho might have talked about too, but yeah, the chains. He's rocking. He's wearing fucking heavy ass fucking Dream Warriors junkyard chains. <laughs> But Lombardo just uh, always stuck with me just because, I don't know, I just love the drumming on the earlier Slayer records so yeah. much. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I do always have, I have a bit of an affinity for the drummer. But, yeah, I don't know. I think just Lombardo just have a way about him. But, I mean, they're all, like, hilarious. You know, they're all, like, oh, yeah. great people. Arias got his, his look. He's the his fucking name. man. Now... It's uh, you, you, something that was funny from the last Slayer show we saw, which uh, I loved all the lights. They didn't have the burning like uh, eagle iron crosses at this one, but they had them in reading. Yeah. Uh, but uh, something I, right? yeah, the stage was too small. But uh, I did love at the end of Angel of Death. There was maybe like obviously when they play Angel of Death. If you haven't seen them, you need to go see them on this tour. Uh, but they obviously dropped the the Heineken ripoff logo. Jeff Hanneman yeah, still raining, still yeah. um, which I love. It's there's no proper way, to, no more proper way for them to close their sets now than have their tribute be to the Angel of Death himself, Jeff Hanneman. Yeah, no, I think I think it's like they definitely um, they definitely put that money into the the stage you know what I mean it's awesome oh yeah like, with the flames and the, all the different banners and then that one one of the ones I actually like the most obviously the, other than the Hanneman one is they have the cover of Repentless though and it kind of has like that black that glow like a black yeah. glow to it yeah that's awesome funny story about the Hanneman one is we were at we saw them in Syracuse at this Lakeview Amphitheater and there's a lot of obviously people there just like drunk or whatever there's people behind oh yeah there was you know, still raining, like, what was it, like, 61 to 2013 or something? Or 60, 64, 64 to, to 2013. 2013, and the guy behind us, I overhear him, was like, oh, yeah, they're telling his wife, he's like, the guitarist died. Uh, 2015, I think he died. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a, 
gigantic uh, banner up that says 2013. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You also his wife like, it says 2013. Yeah, his wife was like, whoa, it's, I'm pretty sure it says 2013 right there. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking no clue. No idea. But yeah, I'm sure he popped around a lot. So. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure he loved Lamb of God. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, love Lamb of God. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, always an interesting crowd. What do you think is the most, like, I don't know, what is your favorite song that's not, I was gonna make, we already talked favorite songs, but, like, one of your favorite songs that's maybe not as well known that you would pitch to somebody who, um, you know, who is just getting into Slayer, or, or, you know, someone, you're not gonna pitch them, you don't want to pitch them Rain and Blood, you know what I mean? Skeletons of Society. I like that. That's probably... I would say, like, I don't know. I really like Spirit and Black. So that'd be the one I would yeah. say Spirit and Black. But Expendable I, Youth is really fucking good, yeah, too. Yeah, a lot. And even, like, I don't always sleep, but that, their sound in that is different. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. They have a different sound in that, so... Um, where would you rank Slayer of all time? Not even just, like, thrash, like, of metal. Like, would you say that they're... Oh, they're top five. Or yeah. No matter what. Great. I mean, I can't really think of anybody who... I mean, if if you had to say, like, top five metal bands, I mean, who knows, like... It is tough, I will say, but everyone's got their opinions, you know? I mean... I will say, like, altering, completely altering the metal landscape, like, changed heavy metal. I gotta go, uh... I don't know. Black... I'd go... I mean, like I said... Like, I'd go Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, uh... Slayer, Pantera Metallica. Yeah, that's probably what I would do. And that's what I mean, like, everyone's got their different opinions on stuff, and I know we have, everyone's got opinions, but, like, yeah, I would put that, like, I don't like, we always talk, like, the people always do the Priest, the, uh, Priest, the, the Judas Priest and the Iron Maiden, but I'm more, I like Priest more than Maiden. Same here, more of a Priest guy, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but I, I would agree with that top five, definitely. Black Sabbath, obviously, we talked about last night, driving home, listening to I don't think Black, any Sabbath, of- Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. I mean, no one. We talk about, like, when that came out, what the fuck were people yeah. thinking? Like, back in the Why day, did this stand me? Like, I what the mean, fuck was even going on in people's heads? Like, Well, that's what I mean. Like, nobody heard shit like that. No. And nobody heard something so dark like that. Like, think about yeah, it was to, like... I mean, I know there's, like, heavier bands, but, like, they have, like, cream and shit. But, like, you're not... No one's... Li- you're not hearing... No. So 19, you know, like, that album came out in 1970. Yeah. So imagine, like... I mean, there was, yeah, there, you still have the fucking hippie age and stuff, like... But, yeah, you're just getting blacks out for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, you see so much of that Black Sabbath stuff incorporated. I mean, it, it's easy, you may be able to even make a, a case saying that, like, you know, the, the Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath is you know you could see the direct influence for songs like when the stillness comes seasons yeah. in the abyss like dead skin mask all there too. Like, oh obviously, for sure obviously, I, think, I don't think there's anybody who's into aggressive music or heavier music heavy metal at all or who can say that blacks have it maybe even indirectly it wasn't an influence on them. right exactly and just like the motorhead stuff like you know motorhead influenced a lot of like punk Oh yeah, I mean, wh- who was uh, before Filthy Animals playing the double bass? Yeah. Like, where was that coming from? I mean, so. You're talking late seventies. You know, we were talking about like 
No, you're talking thrash metal. It's all yeah. it's all part and parcel. Just bands in the in the mid who were like revolutionary, and I think definitely. Um, it is weird though because you think about all those Bay Area thrash bands. There's quite a few of them, but it's just, you know you just get, you got Slayer and you got Metallica definitely leading the way. Oh, for sure. Not nothing against my boy Big Big Chief. You've so, oh yeah, of course. Now, what do you think? It's so funny because there's obviously like millions of fan, um, you know, a fucking 30 million fan gap between Metallica fans and uh, Slayer fans. Right. Then you got guys like us, obviously, that like love them both, but obviously yeah. Metallica can fill baseball stadiums and, and Slay- oh, yeah, Slayer's not filling baseball stadiums, Slayer. but. Fucking, uh, put a, yeah, so Metallica sells out world tours and football stadiums and Slayer. You know, we they, in Reading, they that was a sold out arena, but I mean, Syracuse didn't definitely didn't show no. there, but which was upsetting. It, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you've seen the perfect example of like how Slayer fans are too. Is uh, if you watch the the Jim Brewer special where he talks about seeing the Big Four concert, no, I don't think so. It's fucking great, and he talks about like when Slayer like goes on. And uh, he's like, he makes all these like jokes. He's like, people are coming out from under the ground. They're tattooing each other's heads, like running towards <laughs> the stage. Like, it's because uh, Slayer fans are diehard for sure. Yeah, it, it's like a different, um, a different level. Yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, I I mean, when you put them there, like I said, Metallica is just completely mainstream. I mean, you can't say they're not mainstream. I mean, they're they're selling world. I mean, they do world wars. They sell out football stadiums. It's like yeah. seventy thousand seat stadium. Yeah. And they played Philly. You know, here at the Lincoln Financial, and it's a football stadium. They sell that shit out. Yeah. It's impressive. But like I said, different different routes. Like For so, sure. And not that we dislike those albums, but Metallica had a, a couple of very questionable albums. We're different from their other stuff, kind of. It was more of a rock route. Yeah, and. And, you know, other bands didn't really do that, like Slayer didn't really, I mean, like I said, the one record that kind of was a stain and Christ Illusion, maybe, I don't know, but I don't, I like that record too. I like, yeah, I don't, I mean, my two least favorite records are probably Diabolus and, and, uh, either Christ Illusion or World Painted Blood. World Painted Blood, I feel like it was, was a miss on people, I don't know, like, nobody, that's another, that's like, yeah. the most, like, it's funny because like people talk about uh, one record being like nothing. I like I love it. I love it, but it's my least. It's I on my list of least favorites. Yeah, no, I'm saying but like I about some music that people talk about like being negative and people talk about but like nobody they, they don't mention World Painted Blood at all. Yeah, I know. So, but I like that record. I think it's Hate Worldwide is is yeah, fucking great. I even like the title track to World Painted Blood. Yeah. So, but yeah, anything else to add? I'm trying to think. I think we we covered a decent chunk of everything we needed to talk about. A Slayer, obviously. On yeah, to whoever's listening, try to see the last tour if you can. If you can, because I, I think the last dates that they have booked right now are over in Europe in okay. early early 2019. Yeah, I, they only, I think they only have, at this point, not many more U.S. shows left. Because I think when we saw them in Syracuse, I checked, and I think they had about... 17 more U.S. dates left. And I think it was so they got, I think they might even wrapped up. Yeah, they right? might. So they might be overseas now. So if you're overseas, go check them out. Yeah. I know we're big in... Uh, Shout out to the Netherlands. Fucking showing us some podcast love. Yeah. Get those downloads. Check them out in Denmark. 
But yeah, I mean, uh, anything else to uh, add? No, I mean, they're going to go down as, like you said, the kings, in my opinion, the kings of thrash and a band who just, no apologies. Like, again, another band who pretty much stayed true to everything about what they are. And they put out their last record as one of their best records ever. And uh, yeah, I love them. So, uh, also, if you're listening to this and you are into the horror side, because we do music and horror here, check out our Scream film franchise that we did uh, with four of us uh, talking about the Scream movies. Uh, That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great time. I think uh, we do a nice combination of music and movies over here, so definitely give us a check out if you're into horror, into into music, anything like that, so... But yeah, uh, check us out on Instagram, at HeartGuideMedia. On Twitter, at HeartGuideMedia. You can follow us on SoundCloud, uh, search HeartGuideMedia. You can download, listen, stream there. Uh, Also, of course, a main format that people seem to uh, find the podcast is iTunes. Uh, Free app on Apple. You can find us, uh, HeartGuideMedia, HeartGuideMedia Podcast, Instagram. Subscribe, download, stream, listen, comment, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Let us know if you're listening. Uh, We're talking about doing a giveaway here soon. We're going to throw some stuff together. Uh, Music stuff, music, uh, movie stuff, a little care package giveaway uh, for some uh, listeners out there. So comment, spread the word. uh, Yeah, and uh, Slayer. There's not much uh, more to say about it. Old Slayer, carrying the boys.